So what does it mean to be poor in spirit? What does it mean to mourn, to be meek, to hunger and thirst for righteousness? What, what does it mean to be merciful, pure in heart, to be a peacemaker, to be persecuted? This list of blessings that Jesus spoke, these lists that we call the Beatitudes, it seems like it's full of things that are unrelated. I mean, some of these things we can choose to be, like we can choose to be merciful. We can choose to be people who seek after peace. But other things are outside of our control. We don't get to choose whether or not we mourn, whether we're poor in spirit whether we're persecuted. But there is one thing that all of these have in common. To be poor in spirit, to to mourn, to be meek, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to be pure in heart, to be a peacemaker, to be persecuted, they all involve suffering. To be or to experience any of these things means that life is harder than it would be otherwise, especially because of the world that we live in. I mean, think about it. To feel poor in spirit is a hard thing to live with. To mourn, as many of us know, is painful, whether it's the loss of a loved one, as Pastor Dan is mourning this week, or to mourn the the brokenness and injustice we see in the world. To be meek and gentle is difficult in in a world where so many people do whatever they want, including trample right over others and are often praised for it. To hunger and and to thirst for righteousness is to have this longing deep inside of us that we, we can't fill ourselves, an awareness of our own deep and desperate need. To be merciful, to be merciful is agonizing. Because it goes against every desire we have to get even, to make others pay in a world that believes the idea of mercy, the very idea of mercy is foolish and weak. To be pure in heart is exhausting amidst a culture that celebrates getting away with whatever you can and looking out for yourself first. And to be a peacemaker is a heavy burden in a world that encourages revenge and revels in violence and force. You see, all of these things involve difficulty and suffering. This is not the list we expect Jesus to put together. We already know who's blessed in this world, don't we? Blessed are the rich and wealthy, right? Blessed are the physically beautiful. Blessed are those who have everything they want. Blessed are the able-bodied, the healthy, the privileged, the powerful. That's what we expect Jesus to say. That's what we expect to hear because that's what we know. That's what the world teaches. That's not what Jesus said. Instead, he spoke about people who we would never describe as blessed, people who are overlooked, ridiculed, ignored, hurting, and said, these people are blessed by God. 
I suspect the crowd who heard Jesus speak these words was puzzled at first, but soon their confusion gave way to to joy and thanksgiving because this, this is a list of people who are most desperate to know that God is with them, that God sees them, that God cares about them, that God has not abandoned them, that they are blessed. These words are aimed directly at those people who just need to hear that they are blessed because their circumstances, their lives in this world have made them feel as if they are not. This is part of the reason we voted to become a Reconciling in Christ congregation and to adopt our new welcoming statement at our annual meeting last week. We know that historically the church has excluded and devalued and harmed LGBTQ people. And in 2007, 91% of people who are 16 to 29 year olds says that was Christianity's reputation. That that is what the church stood for. And so we worked to become a Reconciling in Christ church, to pass our welcome statement not because LGBTQ people are more important than other people, but because they're just as important as other people. Not because they're more welcome in our church, but because they're just as welcome as everyone else. Like this list of blessings that Jesus spoke, being reconciling in Christ isn't meant to say that God's blessing and love is exclusive, as if only some people Get it, while others are left out. Instead, it's meant to proclaim that God's blessing is specific. That God's welcome is specific to those who need to hear it because for so long they've been told otherwise. Our LGBTQ neighbors have faced discrimination. They've been told they're unclean and unwelcome, made to feel as if their lives valued less. And so we've chosen to say, you specifically are welcome here. You are valued and loved and endowed with dignity, no matter what the world or the church has told you. One of my favorite pastors, a a pastor named Nadia Boltz Weber, said it like this. She said, the Beatitudes are all about Jesus' lavish blessing on the people around him on that hillside who his world just like ours, didn't seem to have much time for. People in pain, people who work for peace instead of profit, people who exercise mercy instead of vengeance. She said maybe Jesus was simply blessing the ones around him that day who didn't otherwise receive blessing, who had come to believe that for them, blessings would never be in the cards I mean, come on, doesn't that just sound like something Jesus would do, just extravagantly throwing around blessings as though they grew on trees? See, these blessings, these beatitudes, are a description of those people who are seen by God, loved by God, blessed by God, and who need to hear it the most. Jesus spoke comfort to those who are most in need of comfort. He proclaimed God's blessing to those who didn't feel blessed and instead often wondered if God had forgotten them or even cared about them at all. And you know, this is really just incredibly good news for us. 
Because don't we all feel that way sometimes? Sure, this list may have meant something more to first century Galilean peasants. It, it may speak differently to refugees fleeing violence or children going to bed hungry. But this list also speaks to us. When we look at this list of lowly and needy and backwards and uncared for people, we find ourselves. And so we also find blessing and hope. When we feel poor in spirit, when when our faith is weak, when the depression or the anxiety or the addiction is unmanageable, when all we can see our own shortcomings and faults. It's easy to believe that God wants no part of us, that we're alone and forgotten, but instead Jesus says, blessed are you. When we're mourning because we've suffered loss, the the tragedy of someone gone too soon, the, the pain of a job taken away, when our family's torn apart, it's easy to feel despair, to think God doesn't see us or care, but instead Jesus says, blessed are you. When we feel meek, as we watch the world controlled by loud, brash voices that make others feel small, who walk right over people to get more for themselves, it's easy to question whether we can make a difference, whether there's any justice in the world. And right then, Jesus says, blessed are you. When we pay for doing what's right, face consequences for standing up for what's good and just, for lifting our voices to defend others for daring to speak mercy and peace in a world bent on vengeance and violence. In those moments, Jesus says, blessed are you. When we need to hear it most, that's when Jesus reminds us that we are blessed and loved and seen by God, that you are blessed and loved and seen by God. What a comfort. What a comfort to know that even during the worst parts of our lives, God's blessing is with us. What a comfort to know that God chooses to side with the weak, the vulnerable, the persecuted, the brokenhearted, the despised, the justice seekers, and the peacemakers. What a comfort to know that God sees and cares for and loves those who feel forgotten and discarded. And what a challenge, because we're called to do the same. We're called to hunger and thirst for righteousness in this world, to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, even if it's exhausting, even if we're opposed at every step, even if it comes with a price. God loves the poor and the weak and those who are victims of injustice, and so we're meant to as well. We are called to be people of mercy, to show undeserved goodness, not just to the people we like, but also to the people we don't like, and the people who are strangers, and even to those people who have set themselves against us as our enemies. This past week, we remembered the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz, and it's the same week that we learned our country is closing our borders even more to those who are lawfully seeking asylum and refuge from violence and persecution. How might people of mercy respond? See, when we work for righteousness, when when we're merciful, When we live as peacemakers, we discover that God's blessing can come through us. 
That God can bless the meek through us. God can bless the poor in spirit through us. God can bless those who weep and mourn through us. We can become God's blessing, God's beatitude to those who need it most. So this morning I ask, who in our world most needs to hear that they are blessed by God? Who in your life is longing to hear God's blessing? Maybe it's you. And if so, take comfort in the words of Jesus this morning. Blessed are you. But maybe it's somebody else you know. And if so, may these words lead you to share and be God's blessing to them. May we throw around blessings as if they grow on trees. Amen.